Les's League. Hello and welcome back to Big Les's League and all rugby league experience. I'm your host, Big Les. Welcome to the second episode of the season reviews for each team. Very excited to say that this one is going to be the Melbourne Storm to kick it off. And then we're going to be talking about the Tigers and the Titans. So we'll start off with the Melbourne Storm. An interesting season, some highs, some lows. The big thing for the Melbourne Storm, it's the first time since 2014 that were eliminated in the first week of finals. That is massive for the club, massive. And we didn't expect it either. We knew that the Raiders were going to put up a fight. We didn't think they were going to beat the Melbourne Storm in the first week of finals. It was absolutely crazy. Many clubs would consider finishing a win outside the top four as a solid result. But this isn't a normal team. This is the Melbourne Storm we're talking about, a team that is always a grand final contender, being knocked out of the top eight in the first week of finals. That is crazy, absolutely crazy. I think Cameron Smith's retirement was a massive thing. Obviously, the first year they didn't have him, they obviously didn't make the grand final. And then the second year, they were knocked out in the first game of the final series. So, obviously, Cameron Smith... The loss of Cameron Smith is massive for the Melbourne Storm. Absolutely massive. And it's played a massive, massive role in the Melbourne Storm. Obviously not making the grand final over the past two years. So, look, I would say that this season, obviously, definitely more disappointing than the season prior because, obviously, they were front runners for the big dance, but it was obviously Panthers and South Sydney. Then, obviously, this season, or should I say last season now, it was the Panthers and the Parramatta Reels. So, look, very, very interesting the next few years for the Melbourne Storm. In terms of if they under-delivered or over-delivered, we can definitely say they under-delivered because they didn't make it past the first week of finals. So look at it this way. They still have one of the best rosters in the comp. Jerome Hughes, Cameron Munster, obviously Ryan Pappenhausen was out, which was a big loss for them during this season. But they've got Cameron Munster in there who's just been tearing it up. Harry Grant as well. He's probably been the best hooker this season, Harry Grant. He's been sensational for the Melbourne Storm. They had Kenny Bromwich. They had Felice Kafusi. Some would argue that having these guys being taken out of the side, your leaders in the front row like Jesse Bromwich, Kenny Bromwich, obviously as well Felice Kafusi exiting the side uh, in 2023 to go off to the Dolphins or three of them to go off to the Dolphins. It's going to be massive for the Melbourne Storm. Leaders being taken out of your side, relying on young guns to do the job. Other than Tarek Sims, there's going to be some young guys coming in there. We talk about Jack Howarth. Some really young guys coming into the side next season. It's going to be a real test for the Melbourne Storm. With a lack of leaders, I think Cameron Munster really needs to step up going into 2023. It's going to be a massive year for him. Where did it all fall apart for the Melbourne Storm? Now, obviously, we mentioned it before, Ryan Pappenhausen's kneecap. It was obliterated, absolutely destroyed. Round 18, he's out for the season. It really hit the Melbourne Storm hard. They had a few losses between then and obviously when they got knocked out by the Canberra Raiders. They also lost Christian Welch, which I think he's a massive leader in the front row and he's going to be a massive get for them coming back into this side, into this Melbourne Storm outfit next season. Obviously, he was out this season with an ACL tear and he was a massive loss in the front row for the Melbourne Storm. 
I would even go to say that finding a goal kicker was an issue for the Melbourne Storm as well. They went through Cameron Munster. He was a bit 50-50. Nick Meaney actually had to come into the side just so they had a goal kicker. That's where they miss Nico Hines. That is where they miss Nico Hines. They needed a guy to come in and play in that fullback role. They didn't have many suggestions for them. It was either Nick Meaney uh, and then Cameron Munster even ended up going there at the back end of the season and it was alternating uh, with Nick Meaney in that role. It was a very interesting little experiment there from the Melbourne Storm, which actually worked for them and actually really bolstered up their attack. It just wasn't enough. Cameron Munster needed to be in the six and they needed Ryan Pappenhausen in that side if there were any chance of making finals. Then there's the argument when they did have that downfall, where they had that period where they lost, I think it was three or four in a row. This was also the period that Jerome Jerome Hughes was out with injury. It was a massive, massive part of the season for the Melbourne Storm. And the team, they almost had a loss of confidence. Even their own coach came out in a press conference and said they wouldn't even make the finals, which was massive, absolutely massive. And people blew that out of proportion. Melbourne Storm, it was really from Craig Bellamy, a quote that fired up the boys to get into the finals in the first place. And they did a great job to do so. Obviously, we talked about it before, being knocked out in the first week wasn't ideal for them, but... Look, to be honest, they made the finals. They still made it through all the adversities, all the guys that were out. We haven't even mentioned Remus Smith yet. Uh, George Jennings as well, who was on the wing for them. They had a few guys out, particularly in the spine. And that's another issue that happened uh, with the Melbourne Storm and really forced them out of doing anything in the final series. Remus Smith, who was really starting to find his feet in that Melbourne Storm outfit. Really, really sensational player. Really underrated player as well, in my opinion. Now, he only played a few games this season, but some of those games you saw little little snippets of talent, and I tell you what, he's going to be massive next season for them. I reckon he's going to be sensational and probably one of their leading try scorers next season. It's a very exciting year for the Melbourne Storm. Very excited to see how Remus Smith goes back in this jersey, back in this side. Now, speaking on the back line, they couldn't find anyone to replace these guys. It was a lot of chopping and changing in the back line as well, which is what really stuffed them up because when they were trying to execute plays. You had deputants in there that just didn't have a clue of what was going on. Grant Anderson, he took a lot of time to find his feet there on the wing and then got dropped and then got brought back in and then got dropped again. And it was just like, keep a consistent outfit on the field. Get them used to running these plays, get them used to the Melbourne Storm way of playing football. And I think that's another area where they went wrong. They didn't keep a consistent back line. Now, I know it was hard Even the the rookies that they were bringing in were getting injured. Like Grant Anderson had an injury, I think, to his leg, and he was out for a period. That was the first time he was out of the side before being brought back in and then dropped. But look, the chopping and changing of the back line, the injuries in the back line, the injuries all across the park really hurt the Melbourne Storm. Now, I really think the shining light this year was Jerome Hughes. I thought he was sensational. His kicking has improved immensely, and it's thanks to a guy called, I think his name's Peter Breen. Now, he works with Rugby Bricks. He's been working with the Melbourne Storm. He does little workshops, I think, in Melbourne. I think he's based in Melbourne now since he's working for the Melbourne Storm, but he's a Kiwi, and he's been working with Munster, Jerome Hughes, all of the halves, even Harry Grant as well. That's why Harry Grant has slowly started to bring in some kicking into his game. Uh, So Harry Grant, uh, Cameron Munster, Jerome Hughes, Nick Meaney, 
Cooper Johns as well was working with him. Jonah Pezzett, uh, who is in the Melbourne Storm system as well, one of the young guys. He actually played in the state of origin under 19s as well. He was sensational there. He's in the Melbourne Storm system and a very, very exciting little prospect there who I think could have probably grabbed a spot if Cameron Munster went to the Dolphins. Obviously, that wasn't meant to be. But Jonah Pezzett, definitely a guy to watch going into next season as well. He's been working with all the halves and all the goal kickers in the this Melbourne Storm squad, and he's been getting all of their kicking techniques up to scratch and almost perfect. And Jerome Hughes, he was plugging 40-20s. He was doing pretty much everything with the boot. And just in terms of his playing style as well, i definitely say that he was the Melbourne Storm's shining light this season. He was fantastic, and he's also in the New Zealand Kiwi squad as well. 27 years old. 27 years old, Jerome Hughes, and he's still got so much left to give. He is he is sensational, Jerome Hughes, and definitely the shining light of 2022 for the Melbourne Storm. Now, before I get a bit carried away about Jerome Hughes, we'll talk about the West Tigers. We'll move on to the West Tigers. Now, a lot to talk about, a lot to dissect here about the West Tigers 2022 season. Now, nobody was ever expecting big things from the West Tigers in 2022. That was pretty obvious, but their season was nothing short of a disaster. It was an absolute disaster for the West Tigers. They got the wooden spoon this year. Positive signs. Obviously, they've signed Tim Sheens in the coaching jersey with Benji Marshall as his assistant. So I think that's some positives. And then Benji Marshall obviously takes over over the next few years. I think it's after four years, maybe even three years, that Benji Marshall will take over the coaching role at the West Tigers. Talking about Benji Marshall, a halfback himself, a halfback and a 5'8 himself, that's one of the West Tigers' issues. That is one of the West Tigers' issues. They've got too many fucking halves. Jackson Hastings, Adam Dewey, and they've also got Luke Brooks. And they're looking to get another half from the Super League. What the fuck are they doing? The last thing, the last thing the West Tigers need is halves. That is the last thing they need going into next season. We're not here to talk about next season, though. We're here to talk about this season from the West Tigers. Now, did the Tigers over or under-deliver? Obviously, they under-delivered. They under-delivered big time because they got the wooden spoon. That is an obvious one. Now, they did have that little glimpse of brilliance where Jackson Hastings was really in a groove. They won two games against two top eight sides, the South Sydney Rabbitohs and the Parramatta Reels by a field goal. It was incredible. One was kicked by Jackson Hastings. One was kicked by Luke Brooks. It was amazing to see as a South fan, not so much, but as a fan of rugby league, it was great to see the Tigers performing well and they have so much potential. We've seen it. We've seen it. Jackson Hastings, Luke Brooks in the halves, we've seen what they can do, but Adam Dewey was out at that stage and I actually think that Adam Dewey is a sensational 5'8". We've seen it in the World Cup as well. Plugged a 40-20 with those big, long legs and he's a great goal kicker as well. And this is their issue. This is their issue. This is the only way I see this working out where you keep all three guys. 
You put Jackson Hastings at seven. You don't chuck him in a lock forward jersey. He's not a lock forward. That mission failed. He's definitely not a lock forward. You put him in the number seven jersey. There's a lot of roaming locks going around. Jackson Hastings isn't one of those. He's a starting halfback. We've seen the work that he's done at halfback. It was when the West Tigers were going so well when Luke Brooks went into the number six. You keep Jackson Hastings in the seven. You put Adam Dewey in the six. Now, where does that leave Luke Brooks? Where does that leave Luke Brooks? Now, first of all, we'll talk about Adam Dewey. Adam Dewey, you can't chuck him in the centers. He doesn't want to play center. He wants to play at 5'8". He's expressed that. He's told the club that he wants to play 5'8", so much so that it's come out in the media. And that's another issue we'll talk about in a second. But you do not put Adam Dewey in the centers, it's a waste. You're chucking him on an edge and you're just leaving him there. You're not giving him enough ball. He's a great 5'8". He's a great ball player. We've seen his work at 5'8". I personally think that he is an out-and-out number six. That's what he is. Don't try and fix something that isn't broken. You keep Adam Dewey in the number six. Where does that leave Luke Brooks? One for the 14 jersey is where you put Luke Brooks. Now, think of this. Plenty of times in 2022, we've seen Luke Brooks, due to injury to Jake Simpkin or whoever it was, come in and play a bit of dummy half. He's got a lot of speed. And from what I've seen from him in the dummy half role, in those little glimpses that we have seen of him there... I don't mind it. As a number 14, very, very different to Api Korosau. Korosau, still your traditional dummy half that takes some scoots out of dummy half. Very, very exciting footballer. But Luke Brooks, he's got blitzering speed. We've seen it in action. We have seen his speed in action. Great out of dummy half, to be honest. I think he gives decent service for a halfback. I think you work him at a number nine in the offseason. And then you play him at hooker going into next year. I think that is the best way to keep all three guys in that side. Luke Brooks, off the bench, dummy half. I don't think Appy will be playing 80 minutes, particularly because of him and Mitch Kenny. Now, I know Mitch Kenny obviously came in due to him being the next in line dummy half going into next year because Appy's obviously now coming to the West Tigers. I don't think he's going to play 80 minutes, especially from what I've seen from him at the World Cup. I can see him sort of start to get fatigued in games. I don't think he's yet an 80-minute hooker. He can definitely be an 80-minute hooker. I have no doubt about that, but I think he's better not as an 80-minute hooker, but maybe as a 60 to maybe even 50-minute hooker. And you let Luke Brooks play off the bench in the 14 as a dummy half. And it just adds a little bit of X factor there. I'd really love to see it. And I think that is how you keep, as I said, Adam Dewey, Luke Brooks, and Jackson Hastings all in that team going into next year. If you put Jackson Hastings at lock, I think he leaves. You put Adam Dewey in the centers, I think he leaves. So keep those guys out of those positions. Do as I say. You put Brooks in the 14. Even if he comes on as a roaming lock, even if he comes on as a roaming lock, I wouldn't mind it. If he comes on through the middle as a ball playing, maybe even a second 5'8", wouldn't mind it. But I think he is going to be in the 14 jersey going into next year. Now, the shining light this season... And we've talked about him already quite a bit in that past discussion. But the shining light for the West Tigers was Jackson Hastings. I would say from maybe 
25 to, I would even say, 35 to 40% of the season, I would say that Jackson Hastings has been a success. But because they put him at lock at the back end of the season, he got injured because he was in the middle, he was in the forwards, he was doing the hard yards, and he got injured, obviously, because he is a number seven not a number 13. And they played him as a traditional number 13, and that was their big mistake, putting him in the lock forward role. But in those moments, when he was playing in the number seven jersey, he looked incredible. They won those two games against South Sydney and Parramatta, as we talked about before. He looked great. And from those parts of the season, I would say that the Jackson Hastings signing has been a success. I think it'll be more of a success and we'll see the value of this signing next season when they have a experienced dummy half that gives good service. He knows when to pass the footy. He knows when to run the footy. An experienced dummy half in Apicorosau. I think they're going to go much, much better than they did with Jacob Little and Jake Simkin. Not disrespecting those players, but they're inexperienced. Bringing a guy that is experienced like Apicorosau will change the whole dynamic of that team and they'll be much better for it. Now, I don't want to talk all doom and gloom about the West Tigers all day, so we'll go on to the Gold Coast Titans, and I would even say that that season, compared to last season, was a bit of a failure as well. Obviously, after making the top eight last year and being with one pass off beating the Roosters to advance to the second week of finals, expectations, they were high. Tino for Sulamala Aoi. Jaden Campbell, AJ Brimson playing in the six. What was that going to be like? Toby Sexton as well. Was that going to work? It was going to be, and it was planned to be, a very exciting year for the Gold Coast Titans. But in 2022, they only won six games. Ten-game losing streak. Holbrook almost was literally on the cusp of getting the sack. He was literally about to get the sack. Lucky he didn't. Uh, And next season, he's got a lot to prove and he'll be under a lot of pressure as well. Justin Holbrook, did they deliver or did they under-deliver? They definitely under-delivered, especially, as I said before, after making the top eight the season before, they under-delivered. After nearly beating the Roosters and going to the second week of finals, similar to how the Canberra Raiders beat the Melbourne Storm and went on to the second week of finals this season, they failed to even get close to the top eight this season, and thus they under-delivered for me. A massive disappointment, especially, as I said, compared to last season. Now, I sort of saw in hindsight they weren't going to get into the top eight this season with the roster they have, the inexperience they have at the moment, sorting out their halves, chopping and changing halves wasn't really good for them as well. Toby Sexton obviously getting the boot back to reserve grade and they brought in Tanner Boyd and since then they went quite well. Tanner Boyd is sensational. I think he'll be the number nine for them going into next season. Aaron Clark will go to lock. I think that Kieran Foran will play the seven. AJ Brimson will play the six. And then Jaden Campbell will play in the number one. That's how I see their side at the moment going into next season. Now, where did it go all wrong for the Gold Coast Titans? After Brimson's winner against the Tigers in what was one of the worst games that I've ever seen in my entire life life. 
Literally the worst game, full of errors, just shit calls. It was just full of everything you don't want to see in a rugby league game. The Gold Coast went on a five-game losing streak. They finally got back into the winner's circle in round 10 against the Dragons with a 20-16 victory. However, then they went on a 10-match losing streak where they were often battered and had their edge defense ruthlessly exposed by the opponents time and time Again, after the round 10 win, they didn't get another win until round 22. So obviously a massive losing streak there. That win against the Manly Seagulls, which was quite tight. It was some great footy from the Gold Coast Titans. Probably some of the better footy we've seen from them all season. But I think the shining light, if we're talking about the shining lights, I've got to go with Big Tino. Their captain, Tino Fasulamala Aoi. I think that he was a great captain, even though they were losing games. I wouldn't reflect that on his efforts. I think that he had some massive games for them, but they just couldn't win those ones. He was colossus throughout, leading in the front and trying to drag his teammates along with him. The 22-year-old captain, he's really developed into one of the most consistent forwards in the game as well. This guy only debuted in 2019 for the Melbourne Storm. So he's only been playing for nearly four years. That is incredible. 22 years of age. Absolutely outstanding. And for him to develop into a captain for a side... Unreal, and he was definitely their shining light. Definitely their shining light. He averaged 160 run meters per game at the end of the season, and his tackle efficiency was 93%. So really leading from the front there for his side. But the Gold Coast Titans, they just failed to execute again and again and again and again. And that was really where their downfall happened. That 10-match losing streak really hurt and... Obviously, I think that really sparked the downfall for the Gold Coast Titans in 2022. But there you go. That is your review. The next one's going to be really exciting, and I can't wait to release it to you guys. That's going to be coming out tomorrow, so make sure you stay tuned. Thank you for listening to Big Lezzers League, and I'll see you guys in the next one. Welcome.